0: Hey, hey, everyone. It's Episode 64 with Dove Gordon. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. He helps consultants and experts get ideal clients consistently. For the millions who are not the charismatic guru type, Dove helps them get great projects with great clients, earning a great income. And since you guys know I'm all about mastery, Dove dives in how to master this no matter who you are or what personality type you have to offer. All right, everyone, we are here with Dove Gordon, and we're going to be talking today about what to do when your messaging is falling flat, when you don't know exactly what to say to attract the right clients to you, or if you think you are, but you're still not having the success you had in your corporate job. So yeah, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to this place in your business, and how you found your own niche and kind of fell into the path that you're in today?
1: I'm uh, kind of self-taught, which means that I had a lot of people I learned from along the way. 'cause uh I don't, very few people or if anybody can really be self taught. But what I mean is I didn't you know, I don't have a college degree and so on. But I, I did always know that I or really feel that I had a lot to offer. I cared about people and about clients. But as an early mentor said to me, he said, Dove, it's not enough to have skills, you need to have processes. You have systems. And that kind of took me by surprise because I was really just winging it, shooting from the seat of my pants for the first whatever number of years, probably seven or so years. I started coaching at 22 or so. You know, I I'd, I'd heard about it, never had a real job, didn't really know what I was doing. I took a, a course on coaching, but I'd been reading business books since age 13, on business personal development. Uh, and the next seven years is where I really kind of came to figure things out to a great degree. I, I qualify that because I'm still figuring things out. And uh, I assume that that will continue forever. The point is that as somebody who's not necessarily a natural marketer, or salesperson, but had something valuable to offer and to sell, and I struggled to get that across, to identify, to find ideal clients, then to connect with them in a way that earned their attention and interest, led them to want to talk to me, to meet with me, to pay me for my help, learning how to, how to message what I do, how to package it, and so on. And then there's, you know, there's always a need to evolve and, and things keep changing. Um, people's, uh, people's expectations change, competitors change, and, and that influences what people are looking for, for one way or another. Let's see, that was the first seven, eight years or so. At that point, I had figured out to a great degree what I had been stuck on. And I shifted to focus on helping other consultants, coaches, experts, who probably like me are really good at what they do, but not natural marketers or salespeople. To help them understand why they've been getting stuck. One of the things that I do find that we help lots of people with is people who are, they left a corporate job, they figure, hey, I'm really good at this or that. I should be able to do it without all the bureaucracy, without all the, the limitations that we have in the corporate world. I just want to do what I want to do, only to discover that, well, um, it's not that easy. you know? And they can go a year, three years, five years, and they still have not met, let alone exceeded their corporate salary. And we found that like, I enjoy helping people who are thinking of leaving the corporate world, have left the corporate world uh, to meet and exceed their, their corporate seller. That That's the, that's the high-level view. Uh, I'll just say one more thing. I, tend to, I noticed early in my own path that there, there are really two ways to thrive as a, as a professional, as a consultant, an expert. Uh, there are two paths. There's the path of the charismatic guru, and then what I think of as the path of mastery. Path of the charismatic guru, that's what we all see. It's very visible. These are the people out there and many of us are trying to learn from them and to follow them with some degree of success, but we usually get stuck at a certain point. That's because we're on the wrong path. If your personality is such where you're not really looking to become a celebrity, that's not who you want. You just want to do great work with great clients and make a great income, then you got to get on the path of mastery. And the the thing that almost nobody even realizes is that there is another option. There's I mean, there are so many people that get stuck on that, looking around, and saying, "Oh, everybody says to do this. I must, must be. That's what I need to do." My strength has been to to get a little deeper, not just follow the steps. You know, I, I think of it as uh, if you have, um, let's say, let's say me and a master chef. I'm I'm no good at cooking, I suppose. I mean, I I can do the <laughs> basics, you know, eggs, and I can cut up a salad. Right. So scramble eggs, cut up a salad. If me and a master chef, if we're standing side by side, following the same recipe, so the chef's pecan pie, it'll come out, it'll look nice. It'll taste good. It'll be the perfect texture. You know, the crust will be just right. The pecan, the glaze, everything will be just right. Mine might be edible, hopefully. I mean, it's <laughs> probably, you know, probably be edible, but it will not be the same, even though we followed the same recipe what's the difference? The difference is that I was following a series of steps, whereas the master chef understands the properties of each ingredient and how they interact with each other and how they interact with water and with heat over time in the oven. I was just following a series of steps. And that's really what I feel is like my mission. I get excited about liberating people who have spent years, perhaps decades of their lives, mastering a valuable skill set, and then showing up and saying, okay, I'm really good at this. I've got this ability to transform a company, a client, in a really valuable way. But why can't I get clients? What should I do? How do I get clients? We type it online. We show up at a B&I meeting or, or a conference. And how do I get clients? And then everybody is now overwhelming us. We, we're hearing Facebook ads and evergreen funnels and podcasting and webinars and joint ventures and everything. Everybody's got another thing for us to do, and it's completely overwhelming. My attitude is, let's think this through. Let's understand. Because all of those things could work and all of those things could fail. They're just tactics. So the question is, when it works, why does it work? When it fails, why does it fail? If we can understand that, then you could pick anything. Podcasting, webinars, joint ventures, public speaking, anything. They can all work and they can all fail. So it's like when you understand the properties of the ingredients, when you understand why does it work when it works, why does it fail when it fails, that's when you suddenly get to a point where you can actually wake up in the morning, you can have a simple plan that you design that actually works for you, for your personality, for your dreams, not, not some, someone else's dreams. Not everybody is looking to build a multi-seven figure business in scale. Some people really just want to do great work with great clients and make a great income. Mid-six figures would be very good for most people. and um, And that's that. So yeah, I mean, we could talk about. Um, why don't I, I mean, we we could we could look at. Why, why don't I walk you through what are the elements? Like, what are what what does make the difference between um, marketing that's working and and not? Should we do that?
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Let's let's move there.
1: What I realized, because I you know I'm I guess I'm kind of the uh, something of a thinker, overanalyzer, structured thinker. You know, the engineer type, perhaps architect type, and. I asked myself, well, when it works, why does it work? If all these different things can work and they can all fail, and I knew from my own direct experience, I knew from colleagues, from conversations with friends, from working with clients, I, I could see. Everything worked, Facebook ads work, Facebook ads failed. LinkedIn ads work, LinkedIn, it, it all works. What's the difference? I realized that when it works, it's leading people through three questions. Your ideal client who never heard of you will go from total stranger to happily paying you nice amount of money for your help or whatever it is you're selling. If you can lead them to answer yes to three questions, because there's a three questions that are going to pop up in their mind. Question number one, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? It doesn't matter if they come across you on a Facebook ad, if you're speaking at a conference, if if you have a YouTube video up, a LinkedIn post, or it doesn't matter how they come across you. The very first question they ask is, "Should I pay attention? Is it interesting?" So the first job of your marketing is to lead them to conclude your ideal clients. Well, huh? That is interesting. Yes, that is interesting. And if they conclude, yes, it is interesting, then instantly they have a new question. Huh? That is interesting. Can I trust you? Right? Some version of "Can I trust you?" Who are you? What are you all about? Can I trust you? Are you for real? Or are you just like all the other ones that I've already paid money to, and I'm still more or less where I was. Where I
0: am, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Then the second job of your marketing and selling system is to lead them to conclude, huh? Yes, I do think I can trust you. You seem to actually know your stuff. You seem to actually care. You seem open and honest, right? You You seem like you know. You, you're talking about these things in a way I haven't heard anyone anyone else talk about it. Yeah, I can trust you. Last question that pops into their head at that moment, but never before is okay, is what you recommend right for me? You got my attention and interest, question one. I see I can trust you, question two. Well, what do you recommend and is it right for me? Now, we make mistakes at all those stages. For example, a very common one is when the the more novice salesperson, or, and, and we're all salespeople, so the more novice, we've all made the mistake of you're in a conversation with a prospect and you really jump to answering the third question before before they had a chance to be interested and certainly don't know if they could trust you, but we're telling them about what we recommend. You should really get this because this, that, and that. And that's where, you know, we're kind of angling, trying to get them to admit they need this or that, they have this or that problem. You're nodding, so I imagine you've been there too. I was there for too long. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. doesn't work. Doesn't work. But that's that's one of many examples. Another very common mistake we make is that we talk about what we do in a way that doesn't get attention and interest. We sound like everybody else. And when you sound like everybody else, your ideal client assumes that you are like everybody else and that you too cannot really help them. So let me, let's go a little deeper into the first question. Is that, that, that good for you? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. So question number one, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? We need to understand that there are really only two things that gets attention and interest. And there's actually, there's a difference between attention and interest. A lot of things will get attention. Only two things get interest. Right. So a loud noise will get your attention. But as soon as you realize it's nothing, it's, you know, the dog kicked something over. You go back to what you're doing, go back to work in order for something to get your interest. When it gets your interest, it means you change your plan. So if you and I were walking at a conference or at some event and we're, we're passing the exhibitors, booths, the sponsors, everybody's trying to get our attention. Right. And our interest attention is we look and we say, oh, that's interesting. But we keep walking. It got our attention, but didn't change our plans interest is we see something and we say, oh, that's interesting. Hey, let's go over and have a look. And we go over and we have a look and we, that got our interest. And that's the job. That is the first job of whatever you're going to do in your marketing or sales. Again, ad, public speaking, it doesn't matter. How do you do that? The good news is, because it sounds like an overwhelming, overwhelming uh, task, right? The good news is that there are only two things that anybody is interested in. And if you talk about one or both of these two things, then you'll get not just their attention, but also their interest. And those two things are, talk about a problem they have and don't want, and or talk about a result they want and don't have. If you can talk about a problem they have and don't want, and or if you talk about a result they want and don't have, you will get your ideal client's interest, attention and interest. And that means, you know, you're, you're talking about the very problem that's on the top of their mind, right? And, and that leads them to conclude, huh, that is interesting, and ask their second question. But let's go a little deeper in this first one, because messaging is really important. A lot of people get stuck on this, okay? A number of years ago, I did a webinar, and I had somebody on there, and he sent me to his website, and it said, um, we sell dashboards and reports that help executives deliver better business results, Right? We sell dashboards and reports that help executives deliver better business results.
0: That's a lot of words. <laughs> That's a lot of
1: words. And what problem does he help solve? What result does he enable? I don't know. You know, it could be any of a hundred different things, right?
0: Very jargony. <laughs> Very
1: jargony anything, right? So dashboards and reports that help exec. I said, him, well, what do you really do? Here's his ideal client. His ideal client is Joe's CEO. Joe's CEO is running a $50 million a year business. And Joe just spent $2 million for a new ERP system, a new sophisticated software platform to run his business on. Joe wakes up in the morning and he's frustrated. You know why he's frustrated? He's, He's annoyed. He's like, I just spent $2 million on this and I still can't get the data I need to make these difficult pricing decisions. Now, two scenarios. In both scenarios, we have a billboard right opposite Joe's front door. In scenario number one, Joe walks out his front door and there's your billboard. Your billboard says, we sell dashboards and reports that help executives get better business results. So that's what it says on the billboard. Joe walks to his car, drives to the office. He does not even notice your billboard unless it's blocking his view. You know, like where'd that come from? Scenario number two. The same billboard, same location. This time it says, we help you get the data you need from your multi-million dollar information system so that you can make difficult pricing decisions. Call. Joe's going to be on the phone with your company before his rear end is the seat of his car. Oh, yeah. Right? That's the effect that we're trying to create. That's the effect that we're trying to create. How do you create that? The only way to create that is to talk about a problem they have and don't want, a result they want and don't have. If you go too high level such as we sell dashboards and reports to help executives get better business results, they don't recognize themselves in your message. They don't realize you're talking to them. You are talking to Joe. All along, you could have helped him get the data he needs for those pricing decisions, but he didn't make that connection because you didn't make the connection for him. If you go too close to the ground, the idea is you got to find the magic in the middle where you talk about what you do so that when your ideal clients hear you, they think, huh, that's interesting. Who are you? Can I trust you? I can give a few more examples of that. I don't know how we're doing on time, so, uh, but I'll give a few more examples. Right? I had a life coach right, a number of years ago, a client of mine, and she was trying to sell life coaching. And the problem was with trying to sell life coaching She said nobody buys life coaching. Even life coaches don't buy life coaching. I asked her, I said, make a list of what are the problems that you help solve? What are the results that you enable? And she made a list and she wrote those down. And I looked at that list and I said, oh, hey, okay, there you go. That's a, that's a good one. It had to do with parents of teenagers, right? So parents of teenagers, I don't remember exactly what the, the evolution was, but bottom line, the message that I came up with for her was, uh, I help parents know exactly what to do when their teen drops a bombshell. That was her message because now instead of talking about life coaching, she was focused on a clear problem for a clear audience, right? And promising a very clear result. Now, any parent of teens who's a little bit anxious about what's going on in their teen's life is going to have a really hard time ignoring that. Would you agree? Absolutely. I suggest that she invite people for a stop walking on eggshells consultation with her, right? Ooh, that's
0: finger pointy.
1: I like that. There you go. Right. So, and this, is, this connects to my point. People are afraid to be specific, but when you're, when you're too broad, nobody hears you. When you're entering the conversation going on in their mind, right? Good advertising enters the conversation going on in the mind of the ideal client. What is the ideal client thinking about? Only two things, a problem I have and don't want, and or a result I want and don't have. So if I can enter the conversation at the level they're thinking about it, I will get their attention and interest every time. So now, but what about all the other people I could help with my amazing life coaching? What about parents who don't have teens and so on? There's more than one way to approach it, but simply speaking, there are so many people who do fit your profile that you have to pick something to focus on. You can't be everything to everybody. But why don't you start with one? And then once you have that on-ramp into your world, your business, your marketing system running smoothly, you can add another one. You can talk about parents, you can come up with parents of toddlers if you want, you know, or empty nesters. I mean, whatever you want. There's always, but if you don't meet people where they are, they will never conclude, yes, that is interesting. Oh, another life coach that we worked with, Her message that we ended up coming up with was, oh, I help women who wake up each morning wondering if I am so successful, why am I so unhappy? Now, I don't remember the the whole progression there, but what does she do? I help women who wake up each morning wondering if I'm so successful, why am I so unhappy? And what's good about that is that it's very clear who she's targeting. She's targeting successful career women probably women who are frustrated by a change and they're looking for an answer they're asking questions but simply by speaking that aloud suddenly some people like wow you just said it better than i could you just said it better than i could i'm interested who are you can i trust you are you for real so then moving along to the second question once you bring them into your world, once they say, yeah, that's interesting, then you want to, you, you started the conversation. It could be on the internet. It could be they, they to buy, to, to get, to download some free report or to watch a video and so on. And the only reason they do that is because you got their attention and interest and they're wondering, who are you? Can I trust you? Is, you know, are you for real or are you just like everybody else? And the important thing at that point is you've got to present your ideas in a way that leaves them feeling, Oh, that's good. That makes sense. I've never heard anybody say it quite like that before lead them to the next step where they want to find out, well, well, how, how could you help me further? That leads either to a one-on-one sales conversation or a sales page, if it's one-to-many, depending on what you're selling and who. But most service providers or consultants, coaches, experts, uh, designers, whatever, you know, agencies, for the most part, it's going to be some kind of conversation. And that's where you have two parts. The third question is what you recommend right for me, right? I need to feel that you understand me, that you heard me. And only then am I even willing to hear your recommendation. We, we talked about Bob Berg at the beginning of this, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, no like and trust. And I just saw the other day, uh, yesterday I think it was, uh, we had a little interaction on Twitter. Bob Berg tweeted uh, on this very topic. He said, in order to effectively open someone to your point of view, you must first be able to understand their point of view. That doesn't mean you agree with it, but you understand it. That's where the communication process begins. And I agree with that. I added, I said, Bob, I'd suggest a nuance. You must understand their view and they must feel that you understand it. Very often we get stuck selling because we think, well, I I understand them. I know them. It doesn't matter. It's important. You can't go anywhere without that. But the key is that your potential client feels, wow, you get me. You understand me in a way that all these other people I'm talking to don't.
0: Yeah, to add on to that even, one of the things I have found is that once they feel like you understand them, they also want to feel like you believe in them. You believe that what they're offering not only has merit, but it can work, it can spread, and it can become a a bigger thing. And I think once you get to that point, that recommendation comes with so much more weight that you were talking about earlier.
1: When you say that they need to feel that you believe in them, it, because any buying decision is going to be a, Uh, They need to trust themselves that they could succeed. And they also need to believe that you're the one who can help them succeed. Like your product or service is the bridge they need to cross, but they need to believe I've got, you know, I've got the legs to cross the bridge. Exactly. Right.
0: Yeah. Once you have that, I feel like you get back to the point that you were making earlier where that recommendation is now in a fitting place.
1: And then Bob was kind enough to reply, exactly right, Dove. He's, he's, He's a gentleman, see?
0: Wow, oh, how nice to edify you like
1: that. <laughs> now he's a good guy. Let's kind of bring this full circle, summarize, right? If you want to create a consistent flow of ideal clients, you need to recognize that all, all you need to be doing is to systematically get in front of your ideal clients with a message that answers their first question, which is, should I pay attention? Is it interesting? doesn't matter if it's written, video, spoken, doesn't matter. The All those could work. They can all fail. What matters is, is it going to get their attention and interest? If yes, right, and oh, and what does get their attention and interest? If you talk about a problem they have and don't want and or if you talk about a result they want and don't have, that gets their attention and interest. So the foundational piece is to make some homework, practical next step for anybody listening. Sit down and make a list of specific problems you can help solve, specific results that you can enable and pick one to serve as the foundation of your marketing Efforts, your sales efforts going forward, not because you can't help with a whole bunch of other things. Of course, you could. Just because human nature is such that if you don't, you're not going to get anywhere, right? No one's going to notice you. Now, I will qualify this because we can look around and we can see that very often there are people who are doing really well with a very vague, general message. How is that? Unless we get into specifics and discuss it, I would generally say that that's because that person is doing really well on the path of the charismatic guru. They belong there. That's fine for the charismatic guru type. They have an asset that many people don't have, which is that really strong, outgoing personality, and, and that works for them. But if it's not working for you, then you've got to take the path of mastery. Path of mastery is where you peel off layers. You, you, you gain this deeper understanding of why does it work when it works? Why does it fail when it fails? So I can make it work based on these insights. A little bit of extra work perhaps, but at the end of the day, you're, you're solid okay, and consistent. Second question, okay, you got me interested. Can I trust you? We want to give them some kind of taste, you know, a PDF or, or a video or an audio or something. Let me give them an experience of my ideas and presenting it in a way that leaves them feeling, wow, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I've never quite heard it that way before. Leading them to The third question, is what you recommend right for me? To have a look at what you do. And that's the, what we call the elegant sales conversation and the easy yes offer. I kind of gave an overall touch. I'm happy to share. Uh, I have a manual called How to Systematically and Consistently Attract First-Rate Clients. I sold it for five years for $97. So this is this was not written to be given away. It's about 80-something, 90 pages. Uh, there's zero fluff in it, really. I mean, it's just solid. Well, there are some worksheets. So if you take out the the dotted lines for, for writing in your own work, you can, maybe someone will call that fluff. It's really good. I get emails from people, LinkedIn messages from people. Every week, almost usually depends on how many free we gave away recently, right? So happy to give that away. We we put up a page at dovegordon.net forward slash no like trust. That's dovgordo dot net forward slash no like trust uh, in honor of uh, the no like trust podcast.
0: Yeah, that's great, and it's it's actually kind of funny. You might call it kismet. The messaging I've been doing for the last few weeks has been about a lot of building authority. And how one of the ways people kill their authority is by putting out poor free content, free content that has no value or PDF video, whatever we have, right? They've been putting out things that I could easily Google and get the exact same answers without giving my email address away and how that kills your no like, and trust factor because people aren't going to trust you if you're putting out fluff. And here you are talking about an 80 to 90 page manual that might have a couple pages of dotted lines, but beyond that, it's hard, hard info that they need. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah. I sold it for five years. And the reason I'll just be honest, the reason I started giving it away for free was because I would have people who would contact me afterwards and say, this is really good. I know I need some help. Can you help me? So it was good for my coaching business. And I realized if I get it to more people, yeah, there are a lot of people who get a lot out of it and they never spend a dime with me, but there are some who realize, okay, I'd rather do this faster at a higher level uh, and they contact me and see how we, you know, we can help them. So it's win, win, win.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time on here. I think you broke down the attention versus interest factor in a way that I haven't personally heard before. So I think that was really valuable for the listeners. Excellent. Well, thank you again so much, Dove, for your generous information. I love that you just packed the interview with so much value, so much real meat that people can dive into and steps they can actually take to get to that next level on their own. I think you guys should all go check out his manual. The link again is dovegordon.net forward slash know like trust. And remember, we are all on this path and this journey together. You love your work. All you want is a consistent flow of great clients, clients who value your expertise and who value who you are as people. We're in this together. We all are on the same path. And I think that following what Dove talked about here, those steps on attention and interest, building to the three questions will get you leagues above where you are today. We are just a few days away from my live workshop, Stop the Scroll DIY Photos That Get You Noticed on Social Media. If you are on the path of gaining visibility and using social media to do this, you know you need photos that go with your epic captions. And you might not have enough photos from your most recent brand photo shoot, or you need to supplement them with photos you take yourself. I've got you covered, guys. Join this live workshop and we will go over all the things that stop the scroll in photos you can create on your own. It's in just a few days if you're listening to this episode live when it's released, but if you're listening to it later, don't worry, you can listen and watch the replay. Go to brittanygardner.com forward slash stop the scroll.